Hey, Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garen, and Mikey. Go Magic! Hi, Magic fans, and uh, welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, episode 13, the festive Christmas jumper episode. Um, as always, I am joined by Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, Grant. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you, mate. All ready for Christmas and the new season. Absolutely, absolutely, mate. And with Mikey, as always, how are you doing, pal? All good. All good, mate. Thank you. Uh, Liverpool, top of the league. So... Coming off a of 7-0, just to rub it in the Geraint. There you go, mate. Can I just say, we don't want to talk about football. Um, nope. The Leeds fan, 6-2 against Man United. It's it's not a subject we wish to talk about this weekend, but thanks very much, Mike. Appreciate Anytime, it. Anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time, we are joined by our friend Chris, uh, known to many of you as Faults for the Win uh, via Twitter. Chris, hey, thanks for coming on, mate. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We really, really are happy to have you join us. Um, it, it really is good. We, what we wanted to do is have different people and bring different fans in, get a different perspective. So we really appreciate you joining us. Cool, cool. I'm excited. Now, mate, um, I'm conscious that a lot of people won't know about you or whatever. Would you mind just giving us a quick run, quick rundown about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, well, I, I moved to Orlando in about, uh, I want to say like 1995. That's kind of, I was six years old. Um, some of my first experiences uh, with basketball was going to Magic Games with my dad. Shaq uh, and Penny were around at that time and it kind of just took off from there. Um, spent a little bit of time um, moderating the Magic message board because I was bored in college and had a lot of free time. And uh, so I think a lot of uh, Magic fans know me from there. And then Twitter kind of took off and now I spend most of my time there. We, we, we genuinely love some of your takes. Um, and I know on more than one occasion, you've been quoted on our podcast here um, and in tweets that we've done and the like. So genuinely some good stuff, mate, from you. So we, we really are looking forward to you being with us. That's excellent. I might need to clip that for my wife to see all, all this uh, <laughs> basketball's worth it. Some, someone's appreciating it. <laughs> this is Long the only reason. Christmas present. <laughs> This is the only reason we're on it. So our wives that have to hear us waffle on about the magic every week. And right, right. <laughs> that, is, that is genuinely where a lot of this came from, that we have somebody to talk to about the sport that we drive our wives to distraction with. <laughs> so anyway, let's get on with it. Let's get into the uh, weekly roundup. Um, not a huge amount happened in the world of news for the magic this week. Uh, I suppose the biggest thing that's happened is that we've picked up the four-year option uh, for Mo Bamba, and he's also been cleared for full contact drills. We don't have a return date yet for him for the court, uh, but that's progress that he's allowed to be part of full contact drills. Um, Chris, we spoke about, Mikey Garant and I have spoke about uh, Mo on the podcast before. Could, I'd just be interested in your take on uh, us picking up his option and how you feel Mo can progress. Well, Mo, it, it was always smart to pick up his option. Um, the problem is he's pretty much been basketball's version of Sisyphus. 
uh, just pushing the rock up the hill. Every single time he starts getting there, uh, something happens, the rock falls back down. He has, has to start from uh, square one again. So every single time we see Mo, he's, he's kind of in the worst position you can be in for a third year player where we don't know if he's good or if he's bad. So we can't give up on him yet, but he's done enough. So picking up that fourth year makes sense, but we still don't really know what we have. With him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we were kind of coming with uh, previously when we spoke about Mo saying that, you know, in his defense at times has been at an elite level. And then he gets injured uh, and he's got to start the same thing again. So, yeah, we're, we're full agreement with you, my friend. Full agreement. Uh, also, magic news this week. Um, and this has happened today. The 10 day exhibit contract players uh, have been waived by the magic. So uh, we've seen the last of uh, Devin Kennedy, Robert Franks and John Tesk. That leaves the squad with 17 players, including uh, two way contracts being uh, Jordan Bone and Kareem Mane with the Lakeland. Um, I think that's something that we were expecting. Any surprises for you there, G? Um, I was quite a big fan of Devin Kennedy. I thought he came in and, um, you know, showed his worth a little bit, you know, in limited minutes. Um, so it's just a bit of a shame we haven't got another two-way spot um, to, you know, keep him on the, on the roster as such. Um, so a little bit of a shame, but... It is what it is, and that's what happens with fringe players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't see a lot of uh, college basketball and the like. Have, have you seen much of these three guys, Chris, at all uh, in in coverage? Uh, I know John Teske uh, was a long-term player from Michigan. Um, a little bit limited, but he played on some good teams. Uh, I'm not really that excited about his uh, pro potential. Um, the two-way guys we do have, though, um, Bone and uh, Manet, I, I, th I think is uh, how you pronounce his last name. Um, th those two are the exact type of guys you want in your two-way uh, spots. Bone is, uh, is the type of guy, um, he, he's limited, but he's got NBA athleticism. Um, he, he's somebody who you need a little bit more time to see kind of what he can become. Uh, and then the Canadian kid uh, is coming from a weird situation and uh, it's, he's going to be kind of a good test for our development system. He seems to uh, be getting a lot of plaudits for his, his raw ability, uh, his raw talent as yet. He's not that polished. Um, so being two way with the Lakeland uh, who have got quite a decent track record of bringing players through. Uh, I think it's a good place for him. Hopefully we can see something of him in, in the future. Mike, any thoughts? Yeah, I think the uh, it feels like this year the Magic have used the two-way contracts properly. It feels like the last few years they've used them as just fill-in players. I'm trying to think of the point guard. Jo is it Josh Majette who we had? Josh Majette. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't really the sort of player you want to bring in on a two-way contract. They're really there as developmental players that you want on the fringes of the roster, but are also going to go and play in Lakeland and get time playing in a similar system aren't they um so yeah uh, there wasn't really any room for any other players we've got we've got depth this year which is which might be important given that it's going to be a bit of a an odd season but i think we're gonna yeah i, I don't think we're gonna see much time it's going to be if we're going to get injuries or 
if COVID hits a couple of players, those players can fill in for a few days and, and fill in those spots. Absolutely. Okay, guys, we've also played three games this week. Um, the first one was the loss in Atlanta, 107 to 116. Gee, what was your thoughts on uh, that particular game? Yeah, it seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? <laughs> With the two Hornets games between. Yeah, so um, this game, as Paul said, we lost 116, 107. Uh, we were down early, uh, down after 10, after the first, only down at six and a half. Um, but R- Clifford showed that he uh, shortened rotation for that game just to get, you know, y- your core players a bit more game time. Um, so he stepped that up. Um, Cr- uh, Clifford was critical of the performance, uh, citing too much fouling. Um, but we did get to see... Um, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz and what hopefully becomes our kind of backcourt of the future. Uh, Fultz posted figures of 21 points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, something else was that he shot two, two for two from three, um, which, you know, is something we want him to develop. Um, we've had too many point guards in the past who couldn't shoot the three or free throws. So um, that's good. Um, Cole Anthony posted 16 points, four and four, uh, shooting six of 10, and again, shooting two of four from downtown. Um, you've got the normal stats from the other core starters. AG finished 15, Fuchs 14, Evan 13. Um, so it was it was a preseason game. You know, we're not going to get down on the loss. Uh, it was about getting players fine-tuned. Uh, a lot of them came out aggressively, but as Coach Clifford said he wasn't happy, too many fouls. So, you know, we just take the loss, move on to the next one. And it was a good opportunity to have a workout against a decent Atlanta team. Absolutely. Chris, what were your thoughts on the uh, game loss that we had against uh, Charlotte, the first uh, return to the Amway, the 123-118 loss? Yeah, so um, it, it's always kind of tough to take a lot from uh, preseason games because... Uh, you can really tell that Clifford's trying a lot of different things. Uh, I think the most obvious thing is uh, we've kind of stopped or, or not used our drop coverage and pick and roll with Vucevic on the court, gone to more of like a scrambling defense to kind of work on that. Mm. It's not the type of style we should play uh, right now with, with the uh, personnel and actually, you know, missing Isaac. Um, but that's kind of uh, led to a lot of poor defensive performances uh, specifically for that first Charlotte game. Um, the big news from that game was the uh, we're, we're starting to get to a normal rotation and we're getting a really good, really exciting bench lineup. Um, I, the starters didn't really play that well in the first half and the bench kind of bailed them out with 29 first half points. Um, Cole, Ross and uh, Chuma at the same time in, in the game, it, it's really exciting. There's a lot of, uh, they make mistakes, but um, one major thing that st- uh, kind of stood out to most Magic fans, I think, was the uh, passing of Chuma Okiki, specifically on that one yeah. uh, backdoor cut uh, with Terrence Ross. Uh, that's one of the things you want to see from a rookie, uh, mm-hmm. noticing that type of uh, uh, option in a play. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just drop to Mikey because I know I remember reading on Twitter you were fairly vocal about um, a certain Evan Fournier 
in that game. Yeah, I, I didn't like his attitude in that game. I know it's preseason. I know it's preseason, but he just didn't look. He wanted to be out there. I think he finished with four points. He he was dragging his heels. He was slow on rotations. Um, and I just, it was the Evan Fournier we don't like. I think the problem, the reason a lot of us hate him, let's be honest, there, there are people that do, um, is Vooch and Fournier, your best two options offensively, and they put a ceiling on the team. And that's where we feel like we can't progress. We'll go on, a, go on to it a bit later because I know Chris shares a similar, um, a, had a similar approach wanting Fournier and Vooch move this offseason to try and give the young players a little bit more of a bigger role um, with next year's draft in mind as well. Um, but anyway, going away from that, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wasn't a fan of Fournier and it wasn't one of his best games, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> Do you know what it's it was? For the... Sorry. Do you know what it was? He was, it's because Terence Ross got a dunk and he was winning the competition <laughs> in that little bet they had. It was 1-0 Ross, so he wasn't happy. Chris, you were saying something as well, mate. Yeah, it, it's kind of par for the course for Evan. Uh, if you go through all of his preseason stats from the past, it's four points, six points, eight points. Uh, he really doesn't show up um, for exhibitions. I was interested to see as well um, Steve Clifford coming out and saying that, yeah, he was disappointed with the performance and he was very critical of it. But he was also saying that they'd had two really heavy sessions, two heavy days of five-on-five -five games um, in, in training. And he felt that also had um, an effect on the team, which was an interesting take. But uh, to last night and uh, Mikey, the win against Charlotte, um, 117-120. Thoughts, mate? Yeah, we got off to a good start. We got off to a better start than we did in the first game against the Hornets. Um, it was led by Vooch, who, uh, who had 11 points in the first quarter, three threes and we had we built what a 23 point lead I think during the game um but I, I thought I thought the effort was better again I think like we've already touched on they looked they looked a bit leggy they looked a bit tired after some heavy sessions uh during training camp and before that that last Hornets game so they looked like they had a little bit more on the legs um Aaron Gordon uh got 20 points got to the free throw line which was good to see didn't really like some of his shot attempts. Um, again, maybe it's just preseason. He's just trying to get himself back into into the rhythm again. Um, but really, the, the night was all about Cole Anthony, wasn't it? Um, he was actually part of that group that gave away that twenty-four to two run that the Hornets made that that gave them the lead during the fourth quarter. And it looked at that point that the the floor was going to drop out from us. And actually, they found found a way to get themselves gather their their um their confidence again and and I think Clifford took a time out and they come out of that with a little bit more patience I think um they didn't let the hornets uh get in their face a little bit more um but that yeah I thought I thought it was a really nice fourth quarter for him and he had obviously had the game winning bucket and a couple of free throws twice the game as well um and he's for me he's the one player that since Weltman's come in that he's probably got the most polished game when you think about Isaac and Bamber and Fultz being acquired 
they're all they're all um, they're raw players. They've got lots of development to do. Whereas Cole looked like he's NBA ready. Is he's obviously good? He's a good shooter from outside. He didn't look um, like the game was too fast for him. He looked like he, he he was in control of what he was doing. He had a few turnovers, but he's a rookie. He's going to do that this season. Um, but Clifford's going to help him, him improve that. But yeah, no, I, I really thought it was a nice performance to round out the preseason. Um, so hopefully we're uh, good to go against Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing well, I liked about what Clifford did there was he stuck with the guys that gave up the, uh, you know, I think we were <coughs> how, how much up 11 or something going into the four. Um, and then they made that run and he kept with the guys. Um, Cole Anthony playing the whole fourth quarter um, and just giving him the experience, him and Okiki. So, you know, good on Clifford just to stick with them instead of pulling them. Yeah, fair point, G. Fair point. So, how would we sum up and uh, how do we feel coming out of preseason? Chris? Good. Um, I think the last two games are kind of going to be a microcosm of everything going uh, into the future where we have an exciting but young bench. Um, they're going to be the reasons we lose games. They're going to be the reason we lose leads. And then they're going to be the reason we uh, uh, overperform sometimes. Um, super excited about Cole Anthony. It's nice to have another guy who can create off the dribble. Um Chuma looks completely lost, but he's bad in all the ways you kind of want a rookie to be bad. Um, flashes, uh, shooting efficiency, flashes, uh, spacing. Um, you see a lot of smart moves. It's just the game's too fast for him right now. Um, I think what will calm him down a little bit is uh, when we start to um, mix the rotation a little bit and kind of go away from – starting lineups and then bench lineups when you have Fournier playing uh, with Cole and Ross and uh, Chuma coming in with the uh, starters. Um, that'll kind of help a lot more. Um, Vucevic, uh, I mean, I'm, I've never been known to be a Vucevic guy, but we got to start um, applauding him for his consistency lately, uh, just from the bubble going into the preseason. Uh, I think he's ready for a big year. Um, at least I hope so. Keep his trade value up. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm a little surprised that um, we're not getting as much uh, love with the national media over here. Um, it, it seems like we're the favorite to uh, take a step backwards. And I don't really see that with the way um, Clifford has this team playing. We had um, David Steele on a couple of weeks ago uh, and we were discussing where we felt the season could go. And he was quite bullish about the Magic's opportunity to be challenging for the, the, the sixth position, uh, sixth seeding. He, he feels that the continuity and the depth that we have, that we are improved on last season. So that's interesting to hear you take a similar sort of view, Chris. Um, right. I also thought one of the things that you put out in one of the games um, was a tweet around the defence, that don't get overexcited about it um, at this stage. We're playing a lot of rotations that we never play and we're playing a, the sort of defence that we don't play. And it's I didn't realise that there are agreements between the two teams as to, what right, we will play zone out of 
a timeout and we will play this sort of defence for you at this period of time. And I thought it was a really interesting take that you'd put out because it's it somebody thought people were getting overreacting again as, as Magic fans do on Twitter. Um, what? <laughs> I know, shocker. Um, and, you know, all the defence, this, this and this. Uh, it, and it's, it wasn't the case. We are, and I think it's exactly right where you put out, mate, that we were playing rotations that you will not see again in the season. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, Grant, your thoughts, mate, on uh, pre-season? Well, I can't really add much to what you guys have just said. Um, you know, it was it's the pre-season. Uh, it's a good run out. Uh, the important thing is we haven't got any injuries. Um, so, you know, we're all tuned up now. And let's get ready for Miami on Wednesday night. Yeah. OK. One thing before we move on to the new season. How do we feel about this new bench unit that we've got as a as a five as a basic bench unit uh Cole Anthony Michael Carter Williams Terence Ross uh Tumor Akiki and Ken Birch Chris what's your thoughts on how they're looking early on I think they look great um they have the exact balance that you want um in a lineup um Cole is is really keeping Michael Carter-Williams in his role. Um, he doesn't have to do too much now. He can kind of pick his spots and focus mostly on defense. Um, with Birch, in, in, in any lineup, you're going to need shooting just because he, he doesn't do anything um, offensively. He's just going to uh, get you some putbacks and uh, uh, stuff close to the rim. So um, you're going to need uh, – a lot of shooters on the court with him. And then just to have Cole, who's hit 47% of his threes in the preseason so far. Um, Ross, who's, who's always uh, good for uh, Frehley's volume. Okiki uh, on the floor at the same time. That That's something that we haven't had. Oh, geez. Since the, the Dwight trade, probably. It's, it's so exciting to see. Mikey? Yeah, again, I'm going to echo what you guys have been saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the guys uh, come off the off the bench. Um, again, Chris already alluded to it earlier. We're going to see Fournier playing with some of these guys um, when you mix in the when you mix in the rotations during the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Cole's really is it him and Ross are the, are the key two off the bench, aren't they? Um, you really needed to replace DJ's uh, ability to shoot from outside, um, and and they did that during the with the draft. But I think Anthony gives us a lot, lot more, doesn't he? I think he's a stronger player defensively as well, um, which is going to be a big thing. DJ, that was one of DJ's uh, downfalls, wasn't it? Not being able to really do a lot, and MCW was covering up some of his faults and and mistakes and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, you've got MCW's defense with Anthony's offense. Uh, Ross is going to be a flamethrower. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Akiki develop throughout the season. He's, I think he's gone five of 15 from three during the preseason. Um, so that's really good to see that he's about 34%. So if he can keep that up, that's going to be an important, uh, an important factor. Um, and then obviously Bamba's likely to be coming back soon. Now he's been cleared to play. Um, it's probably not got this too early for him at the moment. Um, so Bert's obviously going to have that role, but if Bamba can come in and, and he can shoot the three as well, 
then that's really going to help spread the floor um, for that second unit. Mikey, one other thing I wanted, I did want to ask you this before we moved on to this point. Yeah. I apologise, I missed out. Um, as as you've already said, you wouldn't have objected to seeing Booch traded in the in the summer. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this new role that we seem to be seeing with him, where uh, the coaches got him shooting the the three? It seems very much a tactic that we're firing the ball out to him. I, I just think it's a testament to to his development over the last few years. Obviously, making the All Star team two years ago. Um, and he really carried that on towards the latter half of last season and then took over in the playoffs and really gave the Bucks a run for their money, didn't he? Um, but I like Vooch. I've got nothing against Vooch. And I think I understand why the front office wants him there because he's really the stabilisers on the bike, isn't he? He's really just trying to keep the, sh- the ship steady to give these players a... a um, an opportunity to compete as well as develop. And you want to see them take over those players. Like you want to see Bamba develop and be able to take over Vuce's role at some point. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, yeah, I, I really like Vooch, Um and him hitting threes, him being able to, with that volume as well um, is going to be really important because we're going to go as far as Vooch takes us, really, and, and folks, they're the, they're the key too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move it on. Opening night, the new season starts. It's uh, I'm getting quite excited, I've got to be honest. Uh, so, opening night on Wednesday the 23rd, UK time, it's a midnight tip. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I know, we love the nearly one. Um, and it's against some guys who apparently the reigning Eastern Conference champions, Southeast Division champions, and our state rivals. Uh, the never heard of them. This is the Miami Heat. Mikey, who? Um, you've, you, you've, you've got you've had to do some serious research to find out who they are. What can you tell us about? <laughs> I did. I just nicked your uh, your article. You wrote on the website. <laughs> Um, yeah, they had, they were they were a bit of a surprise. Last, they were a surprise, but they weren't a surprise last year. Um, Jimmy Butler's just a really really good player, isn't he? Um, and Bam, um, they're they're the two two key guys there. Um, obviously, they lost to the Lakers in the finals. Um, they uh, brought in Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless. Um, and they let Jay Crowder go. Derek Jones Jr., who we wanted on the Magic, so we had our trio of uh, Jones, Clark, and Bacon, but that didn't happen. Uh, Solomon Hill, uh, they let leave as well. So, um, yeah, I, I really see the Heat being in that maybe top tier, in the top four of the East this year. I think they, if they can push on, I'm not really sure. Again, we, we've got to see what the Nets are going to provide this year. Um, Boston, Milwaukee. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Sixers do this year, um, with all the changes they've made. But I still think the Heat with, with Tyler Hero, um, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Duncan Robinson, who just hit everything he shot from outside last year. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be a really interesting team, um, and it's, it's a really good test for us opening night. Um, it might be the best time to play them because they're not, they haven't got a full steam ahead yet. So it might be a good chance to nick a W over them. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good test. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. 
I, I agree with you. I think they really performed beyond expectations last season. Um, and they played fantastic basketball at times. Um, they defend hard and they attack as a unit. They, they, I suppose, are what we try to be uh, in some ways in the, in the type of basketball that Steve Clippers gets us playing. Uh, they've set their bar high again. They are one of the few teams that are coming in with the same level of continuity that the Magic have. So, Chris, where do you see the uh, the Heat being? The Heat, their team building is so impressive because if, you, if you're not going to get one of those uh, super high usage, 30-point-per-game type guys, you're going to need six or seven guys to score at the same time uh, in each game, and they have that. Um, they have a closer in Butler. They have complementary scoring. They have um, not just shooters, but elite shooters, um, outlier level shooters. Um, so not the 37, 38% guys, the 44, 45% guys. Um, they got defense and bam. They're just, it's, it's uh, really impressive the team they put together. Um, you, typically, we would match up really well with them if we, uh, we had Isaac. But uh, yeah, right now, not, uh, I'm not thrilled with the matchup. Um, I think they're going to miss Jay Crowder a little bit. Um, he was one of the few guys that could shoot and defend in a complementary role. Um, so, so losing him, um, I don't see where they've replaced that. Uh, Harkless is okay, but uh, he's not the same type of shooter. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, Drogic uh, uh, is uh, a year older. I, I don't think he's going to play as well as he did last year. Um, so I think I think I don't see them as a finals team, but they're they're a second round Eastern Conference finals team. Um, should be better than us. That's a really interesting take, man. That's some good points. G. It's like you've got my script here, I swear. <laughs> Everything the guys are saying, I just agree with you totally. So I don't want to waste anyone's That's time. That's not like you. I know. I normally get to go first, see? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to ask you then. I'll ask you the, the question. How do you feel about Mo Hartless having gone there? Uh, I'm a bit annoyed. Um, I remember when he... Um, when he was a rookie with us, I got his jersey and he followed me on Twitter. And I was like, yeah, an NBA player follows me. So that was nice. Um, but he's bounced around a little bit, hasn't he? And he hasn't really fulfilled his potential. Um, three and D guy, like you said. But, you know, even when we passed to him in the corner and he had an open three, would you put your house on him making that three? No, you wouldn't. So you get some nice bits with his length and, you know, his ability to defend a little bit. But, you know... I'm not that bothered. I think your words were, he's dead to me now, didn't you say? <laughs> I was saying, our private conversations, you did not say you weren't that bothered. <laughs> Slight different phrasing as I remember it. Yeah. Uh, then we it's move a family to... show. Absolutely, mate, absolutely. We've done very well on not dropping any sort of uh, PG-13 and above language in these so far yeah, we've done very well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now then uh from opening night we play on the 26th and the 27th a back-to-back -back in uh washington so gee i know we spoke uh, on on here before about uh 
Washington. We did a review of them as we've been talking about the team. Yeah. So what, what's been your thoughts on looking at Washington during the pre-season and uh, how Westbrook and uh, Beal have managed to blend together? Yeah, well, they've only played three games, interestingly. So um, last night they played the Detroit Pistons. They beat them 99 to 96. Uh, Westbrook played 17 minutes, got 18, uh, eight points. Beal played 27 minutes, got 15. Bertans, he's the only other notable, really. Uh, 11 minutes, one of seven, shooting three points. Um, and they played 14 players, which is still quite a lot, considering that's their last preseason game. The Pistons played 13. So that tells you what kind of a game it was. You know, it was play the bench, um, fine-tune them, I guess, but not to the same uh, lengths the Magic and perhaps the, the Hornets have been doing um, last night. Uh, the two other games they played, um, the first was a loss to the Pistons, 97-86. Um, let me see what my notes were. Westbrook didn't play that game. Beal played limited minutes again. And their first game, which is going back about a week now, they lost 119-114 to Brooklyn, where Brooklyn jumped on them 38-20 in the first quarter. Again, they played 15 players, no Beal, Westbrook or Bertans. So hopefully, uh, come the weekend now, um, we'll get them. I think they've got one game before they play us. They open up at Philadelphia on Wednesday night, um, and then we play them twice. So Westbrook and Beal hopefully won't have their legs um, under them. And, you know, there'll be a little bit of um, non-familiarity, shall we say, and um, get a few turnovers, um, put a bit of defensive pressure on, and you never know. I, th I think we can take one game. Where are you on um, the Wizards, Chris? I, I just want to know who defends on that team. Um, they, got a, they got a lot of good offensive players, um, they, they should be one of the top scoring teams in the league, but um, they, they don't have any of the role players that you need to uh, um, take advantage of that offensive talent. Uh, th this is a team that wasn't built specifically for Westbrook and Beal. Um, I think if they had the choice to um, start the team over from scratch around those two, they would take some of these guys, but uh, they would supplement a lot better. Um, the other thing, time comes for all basketball players, except LeBron. Uh, eventually, it's going to come for, for uh, Westbrook. And um, he's approaching 900 games. Uh, is the decline, it's coming. Is it going to come this season or is it going to uh, happen next season? So that's something to watch with them. Yeah. Well, his yeah. shooting's um, already on the decline, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't. I, he's that. That's exactly why I'm not too. I didn't want the magic to get him. Is uh, he? He doesn't have the game to age like a, like a Chris Paul. Um. So so with with Washington, they might be a terror early, but uh, I I'd be worried if I were them, especially with the type of season we're going into with a lot of back to backs. Uh, condensed schedule. Um, I wonder how many games he's actually going to play. I'm not sold on the Wizards for the same reason as you said at the start there, Chris. Who defends in that team? Um, we all know that Russ isn't going to change his game. He's, he's, he's an athletic player and, as you've said, 
Father Time isn't necessarily going to be kind to that game. Uh, so I'm not sold on them yet. I'm not sold on them at all. Uh, Mikey, I'll come to you in a bit. I'm not going to go over ground that we've already go, gone over previously about the Washington uh, Wizards. So we'll move on to our final game of between now and when we record again. Uh, Monday the 29th, um, we take a visit to Oklahoma uh, to play the Thunder. Um, it's a 1am tip UK time, so technically it's a Tuesday game here. Uh, <laughs> gee, I'm going to come to you to talk about OKC, as uh, you've got a family interest, haven't you? I do. My uh, middle brother, Dylan, he's a, a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's been very quiet in uh, recent weeks, um, especially since they've started trading everybody for first-round draft picks. Um, no, look, they're going to have a bunch of young, hungry players, uh, new to the league, a couple of vets there to bring them along. Um, it's a game we should be winning, um, but there's nothing there to be scared of. Um, you just got to bring your game. You should be able to get a W there, my thoughts. Mikey? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Thunder aren't going to do a lot this year. It's uh, let's play the young guys and develop. Uh, they've got players like Al Horford, haven't they, that can that help help mentor the younger players. Um, Shea Gill, just Alexander, is a really exciting player. He's probably the one player you want to watch on that team, isn't he? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't see them doing a huge amount. Um, I I expect us to win that game, but we will see. Okay, well, that leads us nicely into uh, the weekly predictions. Um, so let's go for it. Where are the wins going to come? Where are the losses going to come? Uh, what do you think our record is going to be? I'll stick with you, Mikey, as, you, as you've been, just been talking. <sighs> this never goes well with predictions, does it? Um, you could see this. You could see us going three and one. I'm going to go two and two and just sit on the fence this week, just to see how we how we come out. Um, again, I already said earlier, playing the Heat early is a good time because they haven't necessarily got everything. They haven't got the ball rolling yet, so we might be able to nick a W there. Um, I expect us to split series against the Wizards and then beat the Thunder. So I'm going to go two and two. So drop to the Heat, win against the Wizards, and and the uh, Thunder. Okay. Chris, any difference? Well, th this is kind of the, the, the funny part of the schedule. Um, I, I, could, I could honestly see us going 4-0, but it's, it's really set up for classic letdowns. Um, I could see us dropping that OKC game. Um, it, it's, it's sitting there right before uh, Philly. Look ahead game. Um, they're going to be hard to game plan for because um, their roster is completely new. And I think uh, we'll go in there and uh, it's just, it's, it's really just the classic magic game of the starters don't show up thinking that they can kind of give their C effort. Um, so, so it's tough. I, I, we really have the type of game that we could come out and we could uh, win a ton of games early um, because we're, we're going to play an efficient brand of basketball, but uh, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think two and two is probably a good bet. Go on, Graham. Yeah, two and two, easy. Oh, really? um, what? I, 
I'd like to say three and one. We'll beat Oklahoma. I think we'll split with the Wizards. Um, and then we could beat the Heat. So uh, I've got to be different. I'm like three and one. There we go. We beat the Heat. We beat the Wizards. We beat the Thunder. I'm still gobsmacked. I was expecting the four and oh. All oh, right, okay. No. You see, now I'm, I'm, a... back, I'm now backed into a corner by you, Grant, because I was going to go 3 1. I was going to go 3 1. Still fit. I'll be confident. 4 0. Nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. 4 0. I don't actually believe that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I entirely agree with Chris that the Oklahoma game is one of those. Um, magic games that you know against like the Knicks, we always expect to win, and then uh, we just have an embarrassment performance. Yeah, uh, we'll lose by like twenty six points or something like that. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be different, and I'm gonna go four and zero, and we hit the ground really running. Hashtag life of a magic fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's the start of the season. Every fan approaches the season with optimism. Those rose-tinted glasses are fully on, mate. <laughs> so, um, having done that, Chris, we want to just ask you a bit about uh, your fandom with the Magic. Uh, obviously, you've already explained that when you, you, you came to the Magic, a really uh, exciting time for the team. Um, so, how often do you get to attend games? Do you go on a regular basis? Uh-oh. Are you there, Chris? Sorry, it cut out there. I, I got yeah, you back. Okay, no problem. I was just asking, do you get to go to the games regularly? Do you attend the Amway on a regular basis? Uh, yeah, yeah. I try to get to um, at, at least like three or four a year, um, if not more. Uh, it kind of just depends on the schedule. Um, try to steal uh, a couple cheap games against uh, Indiana for some reason is always uh, nobody wants to see them. So you could get really good tickets for uh, – for not a lot of money. Uh, so I always try to, to head up there for the Midwest teams. Uh, I drive by Amway all the time, um, so I'm kind of right right in there. But uh, yeah, yeah, so we'll go to quite a few games a year. Excellent, excellent. Where's your uh, position of choice? Where do you like to sit? Oh, gee. Uh, I mean, I try to get lower bowl uh, whenever I can. Um, it, it really depends on the match. If it's going to be against a good team, I'm going to be up way up in the rafters, uh, like yeah. uh, maybe like second or third row from the back and uh, have anxiety about falling off that cliff. I don't know if you guys have ever been way up there before. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. But, uh, yeah, I uh, try to get lower bowl every, every once in a while. Um, that that's the the preferred spot right in the back in, in the in the one hundred sections. What have you had? Have you had any uh, or a, a favorite fan experience with the Magic? Yeah, yeah. So in two thousand nine, um, I was lucky enough. I actually won a contest, uh, but uh, from the Magic and uh, hit a half court shot and won. Uh, finals tickets. So I brought my sister and my girlfriend at the time to uh, oh, watch Kobe beat us uh, in, uh, what was that, game five. So that, that, that was fun. That was probably my favorite uh, experience, just to experience a finals game. I'm, I'm impressed with the half-court shot, let alone the prize. 
Hitting a half court shot, mate. Well played. Yeah, well, you know that's that's the uh, that's the only time it was just a lucky shot. Uh, I I couldn't replicate it again. I've never won anything like that before or since. It was just uh, meant to be that time. Graham, what about yourself? Cool. Yeah, so you've been a fan since '95. Um, so who is your all-time current uh, and current favorite players? Oh, gee, um, McGrady <laughs> was the big. Uh, was was the was a big part of my childhood. Um, I just I remember watching the uh, All Star game where he threw it off off the backboard, and uh, I had to run down the hall and wake up my parents to explain to them uh, what they <laughs> complete dead sleep and and they yelled at me. But uh, the, the excitement we had during the McGrady years was 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 uh, something we didn't really replicate since because we haven't we haven't had that guy. Uh, hmm since then uh other than mcgrady i, I love i mean everybody loved jameer um they didn't love him during the arroyo years but uh i think the totality of his career it, it's kind of hard to hate him um always liked richard lewis ever since he played uh for seattle he's just a he was a really fun player uh uh playing video games with him is actually how, how i got uh around that seattle team um in 2004, 2005 was just really fun. Um, and, and that was uh, kind of brought me around to Richard Lewis. Oh, since then, um, well, I really like Markel. Um, he, he's kind of something we don't, we, we haven't had a lot of as Magic fans. Just, and it's really hard to judge him because of that. Um, I, I talk with a lot of Magic people who are insanely optimistic and other um, analysts and we, we see all the scouting reports um, where, where they're more cautious, cautiously, um, I, I would say even neutral toward faults. And I don't know if that's a, a product of, um, we're more excited for him than what maybe what his talent is, uh, given that we don't ever have that really athletic shifty guard uh, other than i don't know steve francis uh, but that's that's uh yeah that's that's fault is my guy right now there's been some lazy takes on faults this offseason i think was it john hollinger had an article last week and he was saying oh he can't he, he can't shoot regardless it's like well no actually his mid-range last year was uh was legit wasn't it but yeah, it, 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 I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, is it something um, I'm just not seeing? Because I think he's uh, he's got star potential. I think it's a foregone conclusion he's going to be an all-star uh, one of these years. Um, so to see the discrepancy between what we see and what other people see is just constantly me second-guessing myself. Right, Mikey, we start. Yeah, I'm gonna have. A, I'm gonna ask Chris a, a controversial question. So, uh, we uh, we had a, a a common common idea that we wanted to move Vooch and Fournier. That obviously didn't happen. There wasn't really any any moves that that were made this off season. What do you think the Magic should do between now and the trade deadline? Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk that Evan is is going to be on the potentially on the block if if the wheels fall off between now and then, and what do you think we should do 
next off season because obviously we want to we want to position the team that Fultz and Isaac and players like that are a bigger a bigger part, aren't they? What would you think? Well, yeah, I mean, at, at some point we're going to have to move past them. Um, it's unusual to have a player on the same team like this with Vucevic. Or I think he's he's pretty close to the the magic record for most games played uh, in a, in the uniform. Um, I would say trade him. It's it's making it easier not to trade him, uh, considering Bamba's never really come around yet. Uh, I think if he showed a little bit more, um, if, if, if he was in a position where we could put our faith in him, Lucevic would have been gone by now. Um, so I, I think we should trade him. Uh, and I think we will eventually. It's just, it's going to be a timing thing. I don't know if it's going to happen during the season, just because we're in a really weird year uh, to be making moves. Um, I, I don't really know what it's going to look like. Uh, Fournier, I would say, is definitely going to get moved because I don't see us resigning him, but it's kind of the same thing that happened last year. Um, I said the exact same thing, and he's still on the team. So it'll be interesting to see uh, um, what they do with him. Logic would say uh, get something for a guy you're not keeping, preserve an asset. But um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, this front office has been conservative with their moves. They're not going to do anything um, because other people tell them to. It's going to be um, keeping all their options open to the very last minute. And it might be a situation where we want to move them, but not, nobody's offering uh, something enticing for us to take back. What's your, what's your opinion on the front office? Because I, I like the front office. I think the fact that they're patient um, more than a lot of Magic fans online are because the trade machine's coming up all the time and all these different stupid ideas that they come up with. Um, yeah, I, I like the front office. What What do you think? How would you grade them for the job that they've done up to now? Um, I mean, I love their thought process. They have... Um, they have things they value in players and they stick to them. It's not something um, where every move is situation dependent and you end up with a, a mismatched roster. Um, I like the fact it seems like they have a plan and they're sticking to a plan. Um, I like the fact that they're trying to build um, a philosophically consistent team around Isaac is, is, is really the, uh, what, what they tend to do. I don't really understand why, I, I feel like a lot of our fans want a move just out of um, impatience. Hmm. Uh, they don't care what move we make as long as one is made. Um, that's, that's kind of my problem with a lot of Magic fans right now is it, it, it seems like they would just prefer that we make a trade just for the sake of making a trade versus one that fits some, one that serves a, 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 an end game. Um, it, it's nice to see finally that maybe we could get away from the shooting complaints now that we have quite a few uh, rookies coming in, uh, young players in a row that uh, um, shoot. So uh, hopefully that'll end that argument uh, and we could kind of just watch the young guys grow and, and pick up role players to go around them versus uh, 
don't know, the Westbrook ideas or, or uh, yeah. hey, we need to trade for this aging star Harden or, or, or whoever. I, I like where we're going. Um, I like the players that we have in place. I just hope eventually they're all going to be on the court at the same time. Okay. Trivia time. You got time, Mikey? Yeah, go for it. Go for Excellent. it. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So, as this is our Christmas episode, we're going to celebrate the magic on Christmas Day. It's our 32nd season. Uh, unfortunately, we don't play on Christmas Day this year. We've played um, previously on Christmas Day. So, the first part of the question is, can you tell me the first time year that we first played a Christmas Day game? Was it 90? A little after, a little after. Mid-90s, when we had Shaq and Penny. 93. Uh, it is, 93, Mike. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Ding, that was ding, a guess. Ding. Well, well played. Nice guess. Nothing wrong with a good guess. It's Shaq, wasn't it? Shaq, Shaq would have been the ball. Remember any of any of you remember who we played the first game? I, I was four years old, so I don't remember that. <laughs> It'd probably be the Bulls or the Knicks. It was the Bulls. We played. I was going to guess the Bulls, yeah. And lost uh, the game ninety-three to ninety-five. Who had the most points for the Magic in that team on that day? I'll be Shaq. I would, I would go for a different answer, G. Uh, Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson with 24. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then went, we then played uh, in 1995 um, against the Houston Rockets, uh, winning the game 90 to 92. Can you remember, or do you know why that game was significant in uh, NBA Christmas history? I, I don't even have a guess. Um, what year, Paul, was that? Sorry? It was uh, 95, season 95, okay. 96. Uh, I'm going to guess. So they played on Christmas Day and they played in the finals. It's never happened before. No, we played. It was the first time that they'd had the finals teams of the previous season play oh, right. each other on Christmas Day. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I'm quite happy with that one. It was a good one. And Penny and Shaq both went for 22. Um, Penny with the shot winning, with the game winning shot with uh, 3.1 seconds left. Um, then we come to some very, very impressive Christmas Day performances uh, 2000, 2002, and 2003. McGrady versus LeBron. Yeah. McGrady. Yeah. Can you do you, do any of you remember how many points he scored in those Christmas Day games? It was forty something. Yeah, it was 44, 45, right? He knocked on the against the Pacers in in two thousand. He uh, played and scored forty three points uh, against the Pistons. A huge forty six points out of the Magic's one hundred and four points. And then, as you all said, the LeBron T-Mac game against the Cavs in 2003. Uh, overtime game where LeBron dropped 34 and T-Mac dropped 41. Um, 
I can't believe I'm actually putting myself out here for this one. 2008, we played the Hornets and won. Who had the most points for the Magic that day? Hedo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm so pleased I didn't have to give the answer. There you go, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey, for bailing me out because I would have got his name wrong. I'm terrible at his name. What was his name, Paul? I, I can't say it, mate. I can't say it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass myself at Christmas. Hedo <laughs> Pergolo. I've actually got it right for a change. You're not far off. Oh, that's a, I, I'm progressing then. Maybe I we should start a petition to get him to change his name to Hedu. Okay, <laughs> just for you, mate. But that's his name shorter. Do you know that, don't you? His name's like yeah. Hidayet. I would so, probably uh, be better with his full name. Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot get, I just can't stop transposing his name. So, okay, we then played in 2009, 2010, two seasons running on Christmas Day, the same team. Do you remember who it was? Uh, was it the Celtics? It was the Celtics, yeah. Won one and lost one. Um, the 2009, with 27 points, who was our top scorer? Richard Lewis. Dwight. No. Hedo. No. No. Jameer. Vince Carter. Ah, of course. Yeah. Now, this one is going to be a difficult question because it's not the expected answer. But in 2010, when we played the Boston Celtics, who was the top scorer with 21 points for the Magic? JJ Redick. No. Jason Richardson. No. Somebody would, it was really unexpected. Right. Brandon Bass. Brandon Bass. Oh, wow. Oh, there's a name. Yeah. And the, can you remember when we last played on Christmas Day? Was it 2012? It was 2011, 2012 season. Yeah, the lockout season. And what was, can you, do you remember what was significant about that game? Christmas Day game? Opening night, wasn't it? It no? was opening night no, season. Yeah, and the Magic lost 89 to 97 at OKC. Hopefully, we don't get a repeat of that over the Christmas period. Uh, final question then. Who was the Magic's top scorer on that day with 25 points? Ryan Anderson. On the Richardson. nose. Richardson. On, it was Ryan Anderson on the nose, man. Nice one, nice one. So, at that point, um, Chris, thank you very, very much for coming on, mate. We've really enjoyed your company. We would love to have you back at some point if you'd come on with us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Yes, I hope I didn't uh, embarrass myself. No, you've done great, mate. It's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, once, in what's been a difficult year for everybody, um, and certainly over here in the UK, we've got uh, quite a few restrictions for seeing families and the like over Christmas. We want to say to everybody, have a Merry Christmas, look after yourselves and fingers crossed, go magic. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Check out the website at orlandomagicuk.com and support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, NFL and many more. 
And you can follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!